I'll tell you, though, the main thing about getting married, I can never be called to testify. What do you mean? My wife can't testify against the husband. Oh, right, right. Actually, though, I don't think that's actually true. What do you mean? They did a whole murder she wrote about that. See, this butler thought his wife couldn't testify against her husband, but it turns out, legally, she actually could. That's right. A uh, common thing that I tell people, anyone I meet in the street, I say, everything I learned, everything I know, I learned from movies and TV. And this episode of The Sopranos is about how that's not a good way to live your life. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 46 episodes of The Sopranos, and indeed, that could pretty much be the name of our podcast, Watching Too Much Television, and I do find it confusing and maybe ironic that this show is teaching me stuff about like everything, and like, what if a television show is telling you you're watching too much television? What does that mean? Do I need to read a book now, Jim? What do I even do? Ah, oh, and also, who made this? Oh, this uh, this episode script was written by Nick Santora and Terrence Winter. Uh, Terrence Winter is a Sopranos mainstay. Nick Santora, this is the only episode of Sopranos he's credited with writing. Uh, he also wrote 15 episodes of Prison Break. He wrote 12 episodes of The Guardian, 19 episodes of Law and Order. So he's a dude. But it was also a story uh, credit to Robin Green, Mitchell Burgess, Terrence Winter, and David Chase, all Sopranos mainstays, as well as the director, John Patterson. That's not something we've seen as much, is it, where it says like a story credit that's separate from the screenplay, or has that been a thing? Uh, actually, I mean, you mentioned reading books, because it's like, yeah, we're watching too much TV. Let's turn to books. I've been reading The mm -hmm. Sopranos session. Just came out. Uh, it's a book about The Sopranos. And I was reading uh, David Chase talking about season four. And I guess that's a common thing you see this season because he's trying mm -hmm. to give everyone credit on like every episode almost. And he realized that that's dumb and doesn't work out and you have to go to the unions and all this stuff. It's a whole thing. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the way we assume television is written, there is a room uh, that has writers in it. I'm sure they'll think of a cool name sometime uh, for the room, <laughs> yeah. the writers. But either way, yeah, they just, you know, you spitball ideas. Hey, you, me, Jim, we know what it's like. We spitball things all the time. But then some of the, someone has to get credit for all the spitballing for each particular episode. And uh, I guess it's kind of weird because, uh, you know, it's a collaborative effort. Maybe he was trying to fix that. And then the unions got in the way. Oh, those damn unions. <sighs> Well, and it's interesting, though, too, because even though David Chase is doing that, he also talks a lot about how he would be the one to come up with everything and he would rewrite everything. And he's like, that's what the showrunners do. Ask any showrunner. They'll tell you. He's like, I would just go home. He talks about the process. He'd go home for the summer. He'd get out the old, uh, you know, dry erase board and just put a big line and start writing down. All right. This beat, this beat. OK, Tony's going to do this. Carmelo's going to do this. And then they go into the writer's room and say, this is what we're doing. Fill in the rest. What do we got here? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool as well. Um, well, speaking of, well, we're going to go through this and that, just like David Chase with his whiteboard. We're, we're going through the steps of the episode. And uh, it's this is another thing that, you know, it's production uh, influencing the show where I guess Paulie had, uh, for some reason, he couldn't do the show right for a bit. That's why they put him in, in the jumpsuit, right? Yeah, there was something. What he had, like, a, something with his back? Well, no, that's Big Pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, there was something with production because they just put him in jail, basically, and he just had to have those scenes where he could be on the phone for a while. But now Paulie is back. And you know what? I, when I see Paulie's back, I realize I've been missed him so much. Yeah, yeah, Polly Walnuts is back, and he's changing the mood just by walking in. Everyone's really happy to see him, and he starts complaining almost immediately uh, about where's my money, and he brings up Green Grove, which, again, like, it's not Tony's favorite place in the world to discuss, but, you know, tone-deaf Polly Walnuts is like, hey, let's bring this up right away, and let's also complain about this, and... Yeah, he's doing his thing. And, I mean, he rightfully feels that he's being sort of shuffled off to the side, right? I mean, that's that's the whole thing going on, right? I mean, he is, kind of. He is, but also, like, it's... it's The thing, I guess, I forgot with Polly being gone for so long is just who Polly is and how, as we see as some of these adventures he's go, he goes on now that he's back, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to focus on... 
he's going to make things worse in a way. Like, I, I don't feel like he's wrong for thinking that, but he's not helping himself either. Uh, and I do want to call out, they play a Frank Sinatra song, Nancy with the laughing face, and it's his song or whatever. And then they have the hilarious line where Bobby's like, why is this his song? And, and they never explain it, but let's go through the lyrics real quick. The lyrics are, yeah. if I don't see her each day, I miss her. Gee, what a thrill each time I kiss her. Believe me, I got a case on Nancy with the laughing face. She takes the winter and makes it summer, and summer could take some lessons from her. Picture a tomboy in lace. That's Nancy with the laughing face. Have you ever heard Mission Bells ringing? Well, she'll give you the very same glow. When she speaks, you'd think it was singing just to hear her say hello. I swear to goodness, you can't resist her. She's mighty sweet. Wait till you see your sister. Whoa. (laughs) No angel can replace Nancy with the laughing face. So I don't know what that hints at. Is that some sort of, you know, unrequited love in Polly's past? Uh, Or is that just Polly's love for his mom? Because like you said, he's already immediately talking about Green Grove and concerned about, you know, taking care of his mom. I have no idea. Like I thought when you started reading the lyrics, there was something at the end, like, and the laugh, and she's my mother. Like I thought that was going to be the last line of like a punchline, but uh, no, I guess it's just a classic kind of love song. And uh, I don't know that Paulie's, uh, you know, he's never been that much into that, but this just shows some uh, sentimentality from him because he does have a lot of that. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, we also get to see, of course, that Carmilla's cousin, the financial planner, is now like in the inner circle. Like he's he's right there. He's saying hello to Paulie, and Paulie's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Essentially, I, he does some. Oh yeah, he does a joke like, "Oh, you've just back from college." And Paulie just stares at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's getting confident in this circle, maybe too confident, but he's just a dope. So there you go. Well, and I wanted to call out real quick because uh, this is in later in this episode when Christopher goes to. Tony and Syl for advice on marriage. Um, Polly is the one that's like, you know, be single like me. Marriage and our thing just don't jive. So I don't know. Maybe that's connected. Or maybe we're those people that David Chase laughs at when he's like, ha ha, you're looking for meaning in my stuff. There's no meaning here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's just basically like um, you, if they played like, the boys are back in town or whatever the fuck. Like it wouldn't, there would be no hinted depth there. Sometimes you don't have to show the depth. You can just sort of hint at that. There is a story here. And like you're, you're describing the blank spaces of the world by giving him a little bit of something and you don't need to explain it, but it is not what you would expect. And just Mm. that very fact, I think is why they did it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, back to Brian. I do like that. Tony is getting a kick out of like this guy is doing drugs and like what like licking a stripper's nipple or something or other like he's kind of enjoying that he's I guess corrupting this guy in a way I suppose oh yeah for sure so he's enjoying it I mean Tony's enjoying even just uh, (laughs) kind of watching like ha ha that kid oh you (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and then we get to uh, the first scene of someone watching television in this episode of Adriana watching uh, some uh, court show and uh, the reveal is I was married to him and then oh but you, you can't testify if you're married which is the whole inciting incident of her whole thing here yeah, she's watching an episode of the show Murder One, which I've heard of, but I've never seen. Uh, mm. Created by Stephen Bochco, who's a okay. TV mainstay. Uh, but yes, yeah, so yeah, but it's funny because what's great about this is, you know, we'll laugh at her, but we've probably all done this. We've watched a movie or yeah. TV show and been like, oh yeah, like you, you pick up some weird little factoid and then later on you're probably telling someone like, oh wait, but I thought that's not legal because of blah, blah, blah not citing that it's from a TV show and someone's like, what are you, an idiot? Like, that's not true. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, but they have to tell you if you're a cop. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely sure of this <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, because that makes sense. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's true. We we all do that all the time. Literally everything I know is from, uh, uh, you know, law stuff is just from 99 Problems with Jay-Z. You know, <laughs> you learn about the trunk in the back. Hey, it's locked, so yeah. can't open it. Problem is I'm in Sweden. Well, I'm not. I'm in Ireland. I was in Sweden. Now I'm in Ireland. None of the shit from U.S. television even works here. It doesn't even make sense. I can't do that because I would do is like, don't I get a phone call if I got arrested? It's like, no, like, because that's every, television has taught me literally everything. Um, yeah, I want to yeah. see my lawyer. So, but it, 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Adriana, for example, I mean, it's also interesting that I guess they're in one of these, you know, one of these engagements where you're just engaged forever because when she comes out and she's like, let's get married, it's like a radical idea where, you know, I think we all know these couple who are engaged forever. Like it's a classic The Office situation where you're just engaged forever and uh, nothing ever happens so when she brings up like let's get married it's like what you crazy but like that wasn't that the plan guess not it, yeah because he um when did he he proposed like when she was at her mom's house right like they were in a fight and remember yes. he like and he's like i got a ring and everything like uh something yeah. like that uh but yeah it, it, it's it's uh it's uh, i think they mentioned it's been two years or something but it's great because it makes yeah. complete sense because I do feel like they love each other, but it's such a toxic relationship. And plus, Chris, she's kind of, yeah. she's just kind of dumb. She's innocent, but she's just dumb. And then Chris is just such a fuck up. Uh, so, and it's not like it really meant a ton. He just proposed because they were in a fight or whatever. Um, and then it, it is bizarre that doesn't she, when she even says that, doesn't she say, and then like a wife doesn't have to testify. And it's just interesting that Chris doesn't pick up on that. Like, you know, why is she saying that to you? But Chris is probably high. Who knows? I think they're watching well, the A-Team. probably high. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're what? I think they're no, watching they're the watching A-Team, A-team during that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so romantic. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it makes sense for her to say that, though, in general, because, uh, you know, of the situation and their line of work and all. Um, so the next day, they go out for breakfast. It's Tony, Ralph, and this guy, Brian, uh, who's the financial planner. And I think it's interesting because... I mean, Ralph and Tony's relationship is interesting in general, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, but just the fact of who actually is in the inner circle, we don't see Paulie like eating breakfast with them here. I don't mm-hmm. know. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be as relaxed. Somehow, these guys just hang out and, and feel like Tony and Ralph are like best pals. He's such a great earner. We, as we remember, <laughs> and of course, Brian's there. He's talking about some hey. What, this is what I would invest in. I'd do it like this. And he brings up this whole scam. And uh, yeah, Tony latches onto it. Yeah, it's interesting because they do the thing where he starts... I mean, I guess it's because it gets boring because he starts talking about it and then they cut to an outside shot where there's just... You can't hear the dialogue anymore. I don't know if that's like a Breaking Bad type... Yeah, we show how to make meth, but we make sure the steps aren't fully correct so people can learn how to make meth from our show. Speaking of, you know, uh, watching, learning from television. Uh, or it was just kind of like, all right, we get it. They're going to do a scam with some homes. I just thought it was an interesting choice how it just cuts to like the outside the diner wide shot. They're still talking, but you're not hearing like the rest of whatever the scam is as far as. I mean, we get the basic gist. They're buying cheap houses and then phonying them up to get more money off of them and then dumping them. Yeah, but I, I guess it's just more interesting to lay it out in the next scene or where Tony goes to the Russian baths and sits yeah. in the sauna and they have to explain it to this other guy. Um, so he, he goes through the steps and actually lays out, oh, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. So we, we do get it explained. Uh, I, I suppose that's why they did it. Yeah, and plus the thing I, I, I about this scam in general, like... It just seems like they already get their money. You know, they buy these houses for, I think they said like 100000 a piece. And then they end up having an appraiser say that they're worth like 300000 or more. Uh, and then yeah. they have the, you know, the uh, the HUD or whatever, the, the Irving Housing Development buy them for the inflated price. The thing I just, I guess I don't get is why don't they just... Not that Tony needs to be involved, but why wouldn't HUD still fix those houses up then? Like, why does why does it leave end with them just like leaving the houses? I mean, I know they pull all like the scrap metal from them, but I don't understand why. What wasn't doesn't the urban housing development plan on spending money to fix them up or no? Isn't it? But isn't it because the three hundred thousand, like they have to pay that essentially themselves yeah oh, I guess, well you know actually you I, know what I, I think i already answered my question the thing is okay the appraisers i think say that they've already put in the money and that's why these houses are worth three hundred thousand. i guess that's what it is and then they just sit there mm-hmm. as shitholes like they are already were i mean this is basically an episode of the wire uh speaking of like because lear- yeah. i've learned this on the wire i guess and now i'm learning <laughs> it here on the sopranos <laughs> 
Yeah, it's very The Wire. I mean, the whole sequence of events of like these houses are all run down and we got to get these people out of the house, but who's going to do that? And uh, then there's kids with uh, guns running around acting silly. It's very The Wire. Um, but uh, no, I, I did actually have the same thought as you of like, oh, great, and everybody wins. And then it's like, now we're going to strip the copper wire. <laughs> we're going to shoot some guy in the leg. Like, okay, let's make this as bad a deal as possible. But my supposition was that the 300000 even though the state helps pay for it, I mean, actually fixing up the houses and that would be very expensive and they wouldn't yep. actually have any money at the end of it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, yeah, because I think what it is, I was thinking they were going to, like, that the urban housing development place buys the houses with the plan to fix them up anyways. Yeah. But thinking about it, yeah, they're probably being pitched as they're now $300,000 houses because the guy flipped them. Like, they're, it, no one goes to look at them. They just assume the appraiser's right and that the guy bought them for 100 and put he put the money into it to basically sell them for that. I guess we're getting caught up in the details more than we should, no, but still. I, I think it's really interesting, and I want someone to who has yeah. real experience with this to come in and actually explain how these scams work because uh, we don't we can't be learning all of it from television. Like it's probably not even <laughs> even accurate. Whatever we see here, I, as this episode has taught me, not to listen to television. But they do get this guy uh, to sort of be the front man, um, and. Meanwhile, Furio's out looking at pictures of Carmilla and calling Carmilla. And I'm like, okay, so this is going somewhere, maybe, I guess. It is interesting the way they've played this out because for a long time, it, without like even, I guess even this episode is the first time we really confirm that Furio like is also feeling things. They've yeah. they vaguely hint at it before, but with Carmilla's track record on the show, we always just... It, you can just assume to, uh, you know, just give it to Carmilla playing out these love fantasies in her head, and there's not much there. But now we're seeing that Furio, you know, he's looking at the picture. He calls. He tells it's like a pretty. He tells her there's a pretty one of her, and it's interesting because she seems to not be as concerned so much with Furio anymore. And now he's like the pining guy about it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um... So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, oh, and one thing I wanted to call out when they're in the – they're having the schwitz or whatever, I guess you call it, when they're in the, the sauna. the mm-hmm. And they're talking they, – they do talk about the summer of 67, the Newark riots. Uh, that's what we saw in the episode Down Neck, which is also a seventh episode of the first season. Supposedly, all the seventh episodes have some sort of dealing with Tony – thinking about the past or his DNA. Now, D-Girl was one of them. I don't remember specifically what Tony was dealing with uh, in that in season two. And I think the other one was... um, What was the one in season three? I'd have to look it up. But uh, they're talking about the summer of 67. That's when we had the flashback in Down Neck when we see young Tony and the Newark riots and Livia's commenting them on the news. And also what ties it together with new Sopranos is the Sopranos movie is supposed to deal with the Newark riots. So it's a thing they keep talking about. It's clearly something David Chase uh, is very interested in because that's kind of the time frame we should be uh, developing with the movie, which speaking on the movie real quick, they have confirmed there will be a Tony Soprano character in there, which I thought was kind of obvious. I don't know how much, I don't know how much they'll stay with him, but you know, Tony will be there. Okay, cool. And uh, they also talk about music a little bit. Um, oh, yes. And also, I mean, I know we've already dug into this, but I, I just dug up some of the lines from the sauna where they say that once the HUD guarantees the mortgage application, you take it to the bank. So essentially, they are making a mortgage oh, yes. to pay the 300000 and then they fail to make the payments, so the houses get foreclosed on. That's yep, how but, they get the money. Oh, of course, yeah, duh, because someone's cutting that check. I was... Because I was thinking it that the HUD was cutting the check, but no, duh, they're going with the bank. It's a loan, and then it's never going to get paid back. But they've already got the money, and and, and that's why they say the taxpayers have to pay because they're going to yeah. get like bailed out by the bank system or whatever. And it's such a Tony thing. Like I understand it's kind of all relative, but they're you know walking away with you know one point three million after I guess putting up. 300,000 for like 100,000 each house. But Tony mm. talking about that 7,000 in wire. I mean, I guess I get it. 7,000, 7,000. But at that point, it's like, hey, we're already ahead. Why are we? 
But it's not about the 7,000. Yeah. It's about a kid giving him attitude when yeah. he's in the car oh, trying true. to teach his son. Absolutely. Uh, but then, interestingly, none of the other characters are like, I don't give a shit about yes. the 7,000, Tony. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. They're like, okay, let's get some people shot. <laughs> so everyone sort of follows. But that's the thing about uh, everyone in this world is very like they care more about 7,000 than about 100,000, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because they get very much like, oh, what? No, someone's trying to take something away. Then it's worse than – yeah, I guess it's why when it comes to gambling. It's worse actually losing a little bit than I, – I don't know. Gambling psychology, that's what's at play here, I think. Yes, yeah, and um, it does come up here that – uh, assemblyman uh, Zellman is now seeing uh, Tony's old Guma arena, and you know, hey, Tony thinks it's fine. Oh, big, you know, she's you're adults, no big deal. And I, of yeah. course, you mentioned the the old girl songs playing, and I mean, Sopranos is always it's you know obvious at this point. Sopranos is great with the music because we do come back to that song later on. Oh, yeah. I mean, and luckily, I mean, he's fine with it. So, like, don't we worry about it. <laughs> Why were you even worried about yeah, No big deal. Telling me. Oh, yeah. And But he's, like, serious about it because he separated his wife, something that um, Tony would never do. Um, so, uh, and he's <laughs> taking care of her and all. And uh, he's, he's fine with it. It's fine. Um, so, meanwhile, we do have uh, Adriana, again, being ambushed by her FBI handler who's trying to sort of wheedle out more information and uh she says actually we're getting married which then gets brought up in a meeting and they don't give a shit so clearly this law she's thinking about doesn't really matter yeah yeah because it shows that even though because you know we're dumb audience members we're just assuming like oh yeah she's right but yeah the first hint is how the fbi is kind of like very indifferent and they're like should we support this there's no like oh my god she's got us by the short hairs Oh, no, she's yeah. the genius, Adriana. So, yeah, it's very clear that this is not an issue. Uh, so I kind of like how they throw that in there. Uh, and uh, on, on the scam end, real quick, I like that they keep bringing in this urologist every now and then. He's kind of like yeah. their straight businessman, like front guy they use for stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. And then Tony brings AJ to the church that we saw him <laughs> bring Meadow to. And I, I think that was the pilot, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really interesting because it's like he wants to relive this moment he had with Meadow, I guess, like four years ago. Like it adds up where it, like now it's time to bring you to the church. And he's very disappointed <laughs> that he's not getting it across what he wants. And I think he I don't remember very clearly, but I, I think when Meadow was there, she was a bit of a teenager about it. But she was kind of like, oh, cool. It's a church. And meanwhile, he's there like, what? But room service? Like, uh, he, he's not following, really. It must be so fun to write for AJ because, yeah, yeah Tony brings up, you, you know, your grand, your great-grandfather or whatever it was came to this country at $4 in his, po- in his pocket. And then AJ's like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, but I think hotel rooms were like 20 cents a night. So what was room service like a penny? And he's like, room service. <laughs> but, and then yeah. we see Tony do the thing, although he doesn't mess up the line, but he repeats a line that someone said to him. Uh, I think Brian said it, like, buy land. Uh, you know, they're not <laughs> make, making any more of it. Buy land, AJ. And it's like, don't... <laughs> Like, this is not going to sink in with AJ. That wasn't the point either of what he was saying before that. He was saying, you know, build your own church and that. And now he's like, buy land (laughs) because he's at his wit's end. And that's always when they sort of recycle something that someone else has said. Um, Oh, but but yeah, then. Well, AJ also has some kind of uh, like decent points like that he's inadvertently making because, you know, he talks about Italians drive from all over to come to this church. And then he's like, why don't we do that? And it's like he's really <laughs> yeah. pointing out, like Tony is such a, yeah. I mean, we all kind of to a point, but like he's such a hypocrite here. And then, um, and then he says something else like about the the neighborhood falling down or whatever. And I think AJ says like, well, who gives a shit about Newark? And it's like, that's kind of right. Like, who gives a shit? But like, you should be giving a shit, especially as we see with these assemblymen, uh, and they're you know they talk about their history and how they wanted to change the world, and now they're the cliches. So, you know, AJ, he's, he knows what's going on. Yeah, a little bit. And again, I mean, uh, the thing about Newark, and, and I swear before I watched The Sopranos, New Jersey, like I had an idea of what New Jersey was, but it's not like you really know. I, I learn everything from movies and television, so I just knew like, oh, if you're from New Jersey, it means you're not cool, because if you're from New York, you're cool, but you're not 
because they insult people by saying they're from New Jersey. Also, they make reality shows there. That was like my New Jersey impression. And when they say like, oh, who gives a shit about Newark? I'm like, well, I can see outside the car windows. It's not good. So that's my understanding of this place now. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's me with all of the US. <laughs> I did go one time, but you know, we, we learn everything from movies. So there you go. Oh, and then, yes. So then he pulls up. Uh, well, because why does he? Oh, he pulls up because, yeah, he's like, these are the houses I bought. And and he's like, those crappy ones. And then we see, you know, the guy comes out and then the, the lady and then what AJ says, that's a crack hoe. Uh, so that's a crack hoe. And he's like all kind of giggling. And, yeah, it is interesting how, you know, Tony makes this statement later on to Melfi of how, you know, he drove away. He didn't even do anything. But. Yeah, we know that all this other stuff is happening because that guy pissed Tony off. So Tony wants to clear these. He makes it a point that he wants these houses cleared and they're like whole little crack den, you know, fucked up. Not for the good of the neighborhood, but because Tony was like insulted in front of his son. Yep. And that's basically the next scene. He's going to see the assemblyman, accidentally runs into Irina. And also, I guess this is like his bachelor pad because he's separated from his wife. And you can kind of tell, even though it's a nice place, I'm also like, oh, the assemblyman, like, this is not the house you expect for him. Even the the guy who's sort of fronting the operation with the HUD, he has a really nice house and family. And, and the assemblyman is having some sort of midlife crisis uh, <laughs> moving into this place that has a piano for some reason. And I wonder if he plays the piano. Uh, either way. Arena's there and it's kind of awkward and she's taking English classes thanks you very much it's not going great um, but he's paying for it I mean it's, they seem to be doing okay and so is Tony with this he's not going to be affected by this yeah no not at all um, and then we have Adriana and Christopher uh, you know like we mentioned they were talking about their engagement and how it's time to get married but she does open up to Chris about, you know, her potentially having kids. And I, it's such a brute, like, Christopher is such, yeah. like, a piece of shit. Because what, yeah. yeah, why didn't you tell me you were damaged goods? Uh, you yeah. know, you knew you were damaged goods and you didn't tell me. And, and she says, what, you said, you know, you said you'd still love me. And he said, doesn't mean that I'll marry you. And he storms out. And it's like. I mean, I guess this whole season has been kind of like just shitting on poor Adriana. And it really like it's really like tough to watch sometimes. Not that she's getting killed or murdered or whatever, but everyone treats her like garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, OK, so he he it's it's very bad. Christopher's very bad. And he like she says her uterus got pierced and he's like both of them. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. That's the ovaries uh, you're thinking of there, babe. Um but yeah, when when he reacts like that, because we know how. I mean, obviously it's a sensitive thing, but we even have it like we have the basis of it because we remember how difficult it was to open up even to her best friend, the FBI agent, yep. before she knew about that. That was rough enough, and now she feels like she she wants to get married to protect him. That's the thing, and protect herself. But like that's why she's doing this. Yeah. And but she still feels that I can't do that without telling him about this. So she's a great person on several levels, right there. I mean, she has yeah. other flaws, but like she's getting married to protect him. And but she can't do that without being honest. And she just gets a, all thrown back in her face. You knew you were damaged goods. You never fucking told me. The look of hurt on her face. Uh, and. And he yells, how could you lie to me like that? Because that's how lies work, Christopher, yeah. you piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but uh, weirdly, you get part of what he's saying because he is so obsessed with family and his relationship with his parents is really weird. And his father got mur murdered and he's really interested in the name living on. That's right. But then he says... Yeah. Then he says stuff like, uh, what, some little kid with chinky eyes with yeah. the name Moltisani? He gets get beat picked up. On yeah, get picked up. That's beat up every day. Yeah, and he which storms is, out. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't know how like purposeful this was, but it kind of interesting because in season two premiere, when remember when it cuts to like it's doing the montage at a very good year, and then they call Christopher Moltisanti at the like, uh, it's like the stock test or whatever and an asian guy turns around and he's like here <laughs> so i mean i don't know how how on the nose they're going with that but hey it works <laughs> yeah um so he goes off and gets some um gets some advice 
from his uh, for his teammates there and his uh, and his crew saying that you know <laughs> Silvio says you could have more kids than the Kennedys, but if you're married to some twat, what good is that? <laughs> um, good advice all around. And Tony says you got to have balance and a relationship, and like they're all concerned that the kid thing's never gonna happen and. And Tony's right. He's like, what? With medicine today, technology? And it's not like she said, like, I can definitely never have kids. She said it would be difficult. Um, And, like, he's going to have 18 gumas that are all going to get pregnant anyway. (laughs) So, like, the name's going to live on. Well, and it's kind of interesting that, you know, Tony and Syl, you'd almost... It's such a measured, rational response. Yeah. it's just weird because you'd almost expect because maybe they too would be like, yeah, this thing of ours, family, that's what's important. Uh, but no, yeah, they're just being they're being pretty level headed. And then Paul is just saying, yeah, you know, just be be a be a bachelor like me. Yeah, and I feel like the 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 weird uh, thing they have with their relationships with their wives is such a thing of like their wives all have things that they're unhappy with that's why they go out and distract themselves in other ways so like i don't feel like that would be the hugest deal to them maybe i don't know it's it's strange but they are all interested in family so either way it is a very measured response it does sort of talk some sense into him though he does have to go and do some drugs in the car first of course before coming to any conclusion like we all do when uh, making big decisions yeah such a fuck up yeah we just we just cut to a fucking yeah range rover parked in the side of a shitty neighborhood and chris just wakes up he's still got like the thing wrapped around his arm and like needles are out and yep good 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 call chris way to go man and uh that, uh, yes uh and then what then we oh, have just, the houses cleared oh, or is that sorry. Oh, go ahead. I, I, i'm just gonna cut you off because there's a tiny thing that doesn't really matter at all but it was just interesting that i don't know if my version of the subtitles was different than the cut or something but when he leaves the subtitles say i've got to think about it but that line isn't there like he oh, doesn't weird. say that yeah but my subtitles for whatever reason it just says i've got to think about it and i think they cut it out because it was too hilarious to have him say that <laughs> and then have him passed out in the car with a needle in his arm uh and so he's kind of, kind of like all right see you later <laughs> so i just thought that was kind of like because i had to go back like wait did he say that Am I, is my hearing that bad but no he didn't say it yeah, no, because I mean, he, we can uh, infer that that's what he's doing. He's just thinking about it, getting high. Yep, yep. Could be in the script, and they cut it. You know, happens all the time. Um, next scene, like you mentioned, we have the assemblyman going to pass the buck and put the problem forward to the next guy. Just move it on over, and oh, we'll take the seven thousand out of your end then. If you don't call one of, you- come on, you you run you run like black kid mm-hmm. groups, right? Yeah, you can do get some black kids in there, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, is and I think that's when he mentions, because even though he's not in a midlife crisis in a bachelor pad, he does mention that he's like paying off a previous wife. So these are kind of like not that they're excuses for how these people are acting. They're supposed to be in public service, but like that's that's kind of one of the factors, obviously, on why he's like taking these shortcuts and these paydays because it's like, oh well, I have a lifestyle i'm afforded to plus i have to pay child support on this and that so really i'm yeah. the victim and that's why we need to do stuff like this um yeah. so yeah 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 like that's why it's very the wire to me because it's all about how these corruption seeps into everything uh in the speaking of soprano sessions book the in their synopsis of this episode they they kind of shit talk it a bit and say how oh, it's like not a great one because it d- focuses on like these assemblymen too much and then we get the neighborhood where they go to clear the houses out and they they want more tony but i didn't really get that at all i i felt like it was kind of a uh nice way to kind of map out how some of these things play out and how tony has his fingers in everything yeah i think it's solid also i mean we the stuff with christopher and adriana is very good too yeah um and yeah i the assemblyman stuff all of that plays into it it is true we sort of take a satellite view of Tony for some of it, but I mean, the whole thing's happening because of the situation he was in when he was trying to t- tell AJ about what's going on. Uh, and we also get this scene with Melfi where he's uh, she's reminding him, hey, remember when you went crazy last time? And that's when they get into anger management and all that. Like, hey, we- another time I would have done more than just throw the 
tissue dispenser or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and he did put it back. Um, but she she accurately says you loomed because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that is such a good description of what he does. And uh, I guess to tie in like how Christopher was saying, you know, how did you lie to me? Tony kind of says the same thing to Melfi, like, well, you lied to me, and mm-hmm. it's like that's not the same thing. That's not what she did. Um, and then uh, and as we get to it. This whole thing, maybe, do you think Tony was just okay with Arena? I mean, because obviously his reaction later on is tied to Gloria, I'd say, more than yeah. his Arena, right? So yeah. is it that he was just playing up that he was okay and he wasn't? Or was he okay until he starts thinking about Gloria again and now it's not okay? Yeah, I think uh, option two, yeah. the, what she said there. I think that's it. Because if this scene with uh, if this scene with Melfi wasn't here, with him being like upset about Gloria and having to remember that when he, like last time, I think he was saying, "Yeah, I made a donation to the suicide fund or whatever." So now it's done, like it's over. If this scene wasn't here, uh, it probably, you know, it wouldn't have ended the same way. The episode. I like that he does bring up the. Um meadows therapist that she had referred her to uh because it's kind of just a fun thread we never saw if he said anything to her about it and he's like he's like yeah that was a good one like they're kind of just bringing up their past like little Mm -hmm. funny things that have happened like when he looms over her and fucking yells and says he's gonna smash her face into a million pieces yep (laughs) yep um and yes so then we have like we've talked about before the a team uh adriana's sitting there drinking wine and smoking uh in the morning i assume because it's not going to be a great day for her after what happened um and he comes in and says all right i'll marry you um (laughs) he still says i'm still not happy that you lied to me but Uh, i'll try to deal with it i'll be the good guy and then she asks if he's high, which he is. And then I think yeah. he just says, like, don't start or something, something like something, you know, just ah, th- th- that's not important. Yep. And so things start progressing rapidly. Uh, Adriana goes to see, um, yeah. Carmela. Like, what happens after? Yeah, she goes yeah. to see Carmela and she goes like, oh, we're going to go to Vegas. But of course, that's not allowed. We're going to do it in here then in the yard. If it's nice out and the whole wedding's planned in seconds there, you're not allowed to do it small in this family. No, no, yeah, I mean, uh, plus, I mean, like they mentioned when she's trying on her dress, you, you got to get those envelopes. Uh, hopefully it's oh, yeah. more than 40 bucks. Uh, then, yeah, then we have the, the gang kids roll up to clear out the crack house, and we see the dude that kind of flashes peace to Tony. He's got his gun ready, but they hit him with a bat. Then they kind of shoot the wall near him, and I guess it gets ricocheted, and I assume it shoots him in the dick. That's kind of what they're getting at. Yeah, I didn't see too clearly. Maybe the uh, maybe the leg, but uh, but yeah, they they do a good job of making this a pretty tense situation. They show like all the kids hanging out in there with their cracked out parents, and you're and then people these kids rolling up with guns, and you. I felt like okay, so something really bad is gonna happen. Like some kids gonna get shot, and they they do go like oh just shoot the roof, and I was so sure that like yeah. they weren't gonna realize that. There, there was a second floor, and they were just going to shoot all the people on the top floor. And <laughs> well, plus <laughs> they're just going to get fucked up. And plus, they're just shooting walls. Like it could, like there could be people in those rooms, and bullets can go through walls. So yeah, it, it it's very tense. You feel like there's you're just waiting for the big fuck up to happen. And I mean, they do shoot that guy, but it doesn't seem like much comes from it because it's like ah, oh, just a crackhead. Who gives a shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that. Uh, yeah. It's weird though the the way we as TV viewers sympathize with characters because that guy probably isn't a bad guy well as such but yeah he was rude to Tony now Tony is a bad guy but we're yeah. like yeah shoot him in the dick you know <laughs> but in a weird but I also did feel for that guy it, like it is a weird the way the episode plays out it's kind of like it is almost like that guy's getting what he deserved for talking shit to Tony but then I also feel bad for him yeah. No, good. Well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they, they just, hey, get out of here, you bitch, and, and all of that. And I really thought it was going to go worse. Like, it was going to be like Tony having another psychological problem because, you know, some kids got shot and whatever. But I'm, I mean, it's almost better that it's not like that because it's kind of showing how all these things happen. Like, Tony says a few words to someone, and then that someone the assemblyman goes and talks to someone else and talks to someone else and like things just happen and he's not even really connected to it he wouldn't even know if someone died there i feel so uh it's all good for him yes and then we see brian gets 
uh, $15,000 watch from Tony. And, you know, he tries to say, like, ah, oh, I can't take this. But, I mean, he's going to take it. Of course he is. And he's like, but Tone, the taxpayers. Uh, I, I do like that, like, I, I like how this guy plays it because he kind of seems like he doesn't want to do bad stuff. But then it's like, oh, if I'm getting, like, watches and I get to hang out with Tony Soprano and do drugs at a strip club, like, this is cool. And then I get to be in my square civilian life other times. Uh, you know, just kind of flirting with the fire, I guess. Yeah, and he says, like, oh, you actually did it? Oh, I was just speculating. <laughs> and I guess there's maybe some truth to that, yeah. but, like, he should know better. <laughs> yeah. If that's true, he should know better. And also, he didn't pay $15,000 for that oh, watch. Oh, yes, like, that's true. So <laughs> so he just had a watch. He couldn't he couldn't get rid of it any other way anyway for, at the moment. So, <laughs> And, uh, and Furio yeah. comes to the door and doesn't want to come in. <laughs> yeah, he's sad. Furio's sad now. Very yeah. sad. I wait in the car. Uh, I have to keep <laughs> my foot on the gas or whatever he says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Carmel was looking forward to seeing those pictures and like it's a pretty dramatic shot of Furio like thinking about like am I I can't go in. Oh, it's so sad. And then he goes and sits <laughs> in the car all alone, just waiting. Um, uh, and yeah. then, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say them. Of course, we have Polly Walnuts yep. hanging out with again. I forgot his name. What's his name? Johnny Sack. Yeah, well, Johnny Sack. And uh, he tells him about this new landscape deal going on and, and says, oh, wait, this is private, right? And I'm like, how serious is he when he says, like, oh, I got to know, this doesn't leave the table. Like, does he understand what he's doing or not? I I believe that he doesn't understand because just remembering, like, Polly now, because, I mean, it's weird because at the end of season three, they totally set it up that Polly is trying to you know, team with New York and take down Tony. And then it feels like that's what's happening when he keeps complaining and calling from prison. But this line to me feels genuine. Like Pauly is just kind of dumb and he always likes to complain and talk to anyone. And maybe he isn't fully aware of what he's doing. Maybe that, or maybe because Johnny Sack a few episodes ago, he wanted to kill Ralph. He wanted to do all sorts, but he's been sort of put in line now. And yeah. when when Polly complains, he's like, "Oh, he never even called Tony." It's like, well, Tony's the boss. He's got to separate himself, and blah blah blah. So maybe Polly senses that on some level, and that's why he's like, "Hey, I gotta know. This isn't gonna leave the table, right?" Because he senses that Johnny Sack is not gonna go against Tony to the level that maybe he was expecting. Maybe. Yeah, or because and he's kind of lost a little bit of status that he may have had previously. Yeah, exactly. I still think about uh, back in season one at the end there when uh, Polly said like, oh, "I can't." And it's like talking to Silvio like this thing about seeing a therapist. Like, wow. are we really okay with this? And I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna kill Tony." <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it ever since. <laughs> um, yeah. So then uh, what happens next? we have Tony and Zellman uh, assemblyman Zellman like sees Tony drive by. It's like a weird setup because he's like walking out of a meeting or something with his assistant. And then we see Tony zip by and then uh, he just kind of goes down the street and Tony's already there gathering up all the, <laughs> the scrap metal that they're going to get an extra seven or eight K on or whatever. And they just kind of have a quick back and forth about how it's like working out. And then we have that little kid be like, is there going to be a nice house here now? And as we, the audience, know, no, there isn't. Nope, there's going to be worse houses there now because now they don't even have the scrap metal anymore. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't even bother denying it like he just gives a blank face, which is, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of um, probably telling that young child something about uh, politicians uh, in yeah. general because uh, not only aren't there going to be nice houses, um, this guy you're talking to is actually responsible for it and he's going to line his pocket with the money there yeah. and uh, that's all almost understood there in the <laughs> in his eyes. The, um, the only yeah. other thing with the way this episode plays out and I guess it's just for the, for the good of the plot here rather than like reality-based it feels like Tony and Zellman are way less careful as far as when they're interacting because they're just interacting in the public street. Tony goes to his house multiple times. It does feel yeah. like someone snaps a picture or someone sees this. They're like, wait a minute. Why is our assemblyman meeting with known mob boss Tony Soprano? Yeah, that's very true. And it does it, – it's always – I don't know. They're all, they're never very careful in this show, to be honest. Like they're never like 
they're always like, oh, what? The FBI is never going to know about this place. And meanwhile, Adriana is like an informant. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It, it, I, I did think about that when he shows up at the house. It's like, does nobody care? But I guess they don't tail Tony Soprano's t- Tony Soprano every day, uh, I guess. But yeah. the, and I'm sure they already know about their collaborations. But then when you see FBI meetings, you're not sure what they know because they're like always asking Adriano this basic shit. True. Who knows? Mm. So they hand out the money, and uh, Zellman he starts having like some doubts of like, huh? Do you ever feel bad about this uh, stuff we do? Uh, do you ever feel like someone should beat you with a belt? No, just me. Uh, just yeah, me. it is nice. So yeah, sometimes I feel like I should be punished, and then he like pats the envelope that's in his inside pocket or whatever. Uh, and then the other guy's just saying, you know, hey, when we started out, we wanted to make a difference, but hey, it's just shoving shit against the tide, you know. If it ain't us, it's someone else, and it, it that feel. I mean, that's nothing new, but it does feel so real. Like, not that I think it excuses anything, but. You totally see how someone can get caught into that mindset, and that's just how. Like, hey, well, that's just the way things are. So, what am I not going to get? Not not going to wet my beak? I'm not going to get a taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next scene is when Tony's driving and he's singing along and he's having a good time. Um, well, real quick, and, I mean, yeah. it's just quick, but we have the Adriana with her with her wedding dress, where oh, she yeah. learns the the sad fact that maybe that television show wasn't correct she does get it clarified with it looks like kind of like a low-level lawyer uh and then we see her at the wedding shower and all she's getting are appliances like oh this you can do you can make this in the kitchen and make that and you know adriana is kind of a hip cool chick she's not i think she even said in an earlier season like you know oh what am i guess gonna be like one of those mob wives like carmilla soprano or something but yeah. now it's like that's your destiny at this point. Yeah, and it's like all the shit in the presents are all like, "Welcome to the kitchen. You're never gonna leave now because <laughs> yeah. here's another toaster and a blender and a <laughs> serving tray and like it's literally like all of it, all of it's like a coffee machine. Oh my god, you're gonna love that. And it's really, yeah, her seeing her future laid out all around her because she's she's one of the mob wives now. And then, yeah, as you're saying, then we see uh, Tony. Uh, this is I mean, we see multiple scenes like this where sometimes Tony's driving around like listening to songs. I mean, we saw when he was uh, beating the shit out of his fucking CD player for skipping or whatever that time. Unless that was the dream, I forget if that was the dream or really happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, see, so then the song comes on and he starts singing along. But then he gets, you know, he, he starts tearing up and it's really affecting him. Uh, he shows up at Zelman's house. Arena's still there, and I, what does what does he say to her when he when she opens the door? He says something like, "Do you have anything yeah, to drink?" Like, Do you something? got something to drink? Yeah. yeah. And then he goes in, and I, it's great because the guy's like, "Tony, uh, what's going on?" And then Tony just starts taking his belt off for a fucking old school whooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it all. I mean, this is um. I don't know. This is a great scene. I don't mean to seem like uh, I enjoy the violence. Like it's not great because of the violence, but it's great because of what it sort of reveals about what's going on in Tony's brain. And it also plays in like all these three characters have pretty complex emotions going on. I guess mostly Irina and Tony. I mean, Assemblyman uh, Zelman, whatever his name is, he. I feel like the thing of him going like, oh, sometimes I feel I should be punished. It's a little bit tacked on, obviously. Yep. Um, but it generally, like in general, it's the, it, it's such a complex scene, even though the scene is just him beating someone up. <laughs> there's so much complexity to it that yeah. it's just great. And he's like, he's not, like when he told him, he's not like, oh, you bastard, fuck you. He's, it's like he pushes it down. And it's like you said, it's all about glory. It's all about everything going on. If this scene was in episode one of the Sopranos, you'd go like, wow, Tony's crazy. But now you're like, wow, Tony's crazy. Yeah. Like it's in a great, like, and it's great. Um, so yeah, very good ending. Well, I thought, yeah, Oh no. Yeah. It to- it's such a great ending. And also like, you know, in a weird way earlier in the episode, when he first sees her at Zelman's house, like when he just comes in, he's talking to Zelman and then she walks in the room. I yeah. still get the feeling that this is very purposeful and she wants Tony back. And this is her weird way of like, oh, hello, Tony. And 
being like back in his life any way she could. But then also, this is all Tony ever want. Well, I guess it's not what Tony wanted because Tony wants, you know, he Tony wanted her to like move on and like be a professional, I guess. Because as we see, like you know, with Gloria and like to an extent Melfi and stuff, he likes these like professional women, and she was always yeah. kind of a kid. And I feel like mm-hmm. the way he, I mean, he definitely always wanted her out of her life, out of his life with all the drama that was happening. But I don't know if there's an element that he wanted her to like better herself and not just be some other, you know, rich guy's side piece or whatever. So I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a hint of that as well. It's honestly like no offense to Tony, but I feel like he forgot about Arena. <laughs> Absolutely. Until, yeah. But, until she was brought up. And like, that's the only thing that. I'm sure it, it's like in in theory he'd want her to be happy, but then obviously this is making her at least marginally happy, and he has to come and ruin it. So I mean, he's very selfish as well. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it just it really is. I mean, at face value, it is. It's just a fun. It's always fun to see violence. I'd say, like in shows, you know, when you have an antihero, that's why you watch it because it's like, oh my god, they might snap. So at face value, it kind of is fun because it's just he's whipping a grown man with a belt. But you're right, yeah. there's so much going on here and uh, telling us about these characters and where they're at. Yeah, uh, so great ending. I think the episode is pretty good uh, in general as well. I, li- I Like you said, I like seeing this play out, even though it did at times feel like like it's immediately happening after they hear the idea. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. oh, like let's make it happen then. Like, they didn't know you could... S- like do fucking uh, schemes before they didn't know you could do like buy shit and then sell it and stuff like they had to have someone tell them about it um but yeah it, it all still makes sense and adds up to me uh pretty good episode absolutely i agree um so yeah what did you think of the episode or other episodes you can send your thoughts over to shows what you know show at gmail.com we'll read it on the show and uh get your opinion out there and say if it's good or bad Yes, uh, absolutely. So that's probably why people don't email in. They don't want us to tell us uh, their bad stuff. But um, if you want to communicate otherwise, you can also leave a review on iTunes at Shows What You Know or Cut to Black as a Proud Sit Down. Yes, we have separate feeds. Uh, we also discuss other television shows on showswhatyouknow.com, like uh, Bandersnatch from Black Mirror is on there. If you want to have a listen to that, we talk about our different endings and things and a bunch of other stuff at jimandthem.com, awesomepedia.org. But uh, in addition to that, there's just one more thing. Oh, what's that? Cut to black.